DF Voices, conversations over a cuppa with Dementia Forward, care and support for life. My name is Fiona Andrews and today my guest is Chris Haley Norris, who is the Chief Officer of Selby District Association of Voluntary Services and is also the Chair of the Selby Dementia Action Group, as well as being Chair and other things to lots of other things that we're hopefully going to talk about. So welcome, Chris. How are you? I am very well and an absolute pleasure. As you know, Fiona, it's an absolute delight. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to be chair of the Dementia Action Group as well. I absolutely love doing that role as well. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, have you had a good day, Chris? I suppose you haven't been doing anything, not very busy as usual. You know me, lazy come, lazy go. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of Zooming today. So um, we've done a bit of a body and soul training class this morning. And then I've just been running one on change management this afternoon on Zoom. I'm going to tell uh, the people who are listening to this podcast a little bit how I first met you, because you are a bit of a force to be reckoned with. So a few years ago, I was asked by my boss, Jill Quinn, who was the CEO of Dementia Forward, if I could go into the Selby area and to start off some dementia friendly work there. And we had support advisors who were actually working in the Selby district and they were working absolutely flat out, but we didn't really have anybody or anything. We just didn't have the resources to kind of link them into the community. So they were working a little bit in isolation. And it's a bit of a daunting prospect, isn't it? When somebody says, go in there and see what you can do. Cause you think, oh my God, like, how do I start? Where do I start? It's a bit of a daunting, it's like sort of cold calling, isn't it? You could knock on a lot of doors and people sort of like think, oh, and especially when you say charity, people just immediately think that you're after their money. So it was a little bit of a daunting prospect, but I had a meeting with uh, Tom Jenkinson, who, as you know, is North Yorkshire County Council, uh, Stronger Communities, uh, only a couple of days um, before I met you. And I said, oh, crikey, I'm trying to crack Selby. I don't really quite know where to start. And he said, I think I might introduce you to Chris Haley Norris. <laughs> And you know what? The rest is history, because you really were the only person who I needed to know, um, because the, there is nobody I can't think. And there's no organisation in the whole of the Selby district that I can't think that you don't know. So we're going to talk about how you kind of got that line of work. Um, but first of all, you spend a lot of time talking to other people and helping other people out. Just tell us a little little bit about yourself though crystal that we know um who you are crumbs what in terms of just me just you i mean just yes. me. i mean i am absolutely if i could get a little tardis much as i love dot who i would go back <laughs> into the 1980s because i love that decade <laughs> i was I, I was 10 at the start 19 at the end and i had a fabulous time in between growing up in grimsby and i loved it I loved everything about me. I, I was so blessed with my childhood. So much fun. Just an ordinary life in Grimsby. If you can have an ordinary life in Grimsby. <laughs> but a lovely family. A lot of just, you know, we went to Scarborough every year for our summer holidays. I was in the boys' brigade. I went to Sunday school and was regularly being Jesus or a Christmas <laughs> tree, as you do at Methodist <laughs> school. Uh, at Sunday school. Um, lovely to Loved going to school as well. Loved adventures, loved Wonder Woman, loved Charlie's Angels, um, <laughs> loved making things if my mother ever had the things that I needed. And regularly I go, Mum, Mum, oh my God, this is brilliant. I can make, have you got 
No. <laughs> Have we got any? No. Oh. No. Um, but a lot of laughter, a lot of love. And um, so that love of 80s music, 80s pop music, I adore. I'm the world's biggest fan of Books Fizz, or the Fizzers are now called. <laughs> 40th anniversary concert a couple of weeks ago, event all day on, on Zoom. I was there joining in, absolutely fabulous. Um, love lots of stuff, love life, love um, meeting people. I love talking. So a podcast, yeah, my hands are both <laughs> up. Um, I love making a difference. I love trying to support anybody who needs it. I've been doing it from friends at school where I, I couldn't bear to see anybody upset or people feeling nobody was interested in them or liked them. I'd be straight in there then. Or buggers, really, but you know, I'd be like, I'll, I'll be your friend, um, and that as that passion for just wanting to make a difference. And Boys Brigade, we used to do lots of voluntary stuff and fundraising, and a sponsored silence that nearly finished me and my brother off three hours <laughs> not talking. <laughs> we got a lot of sponsor money for that. I have I to say, say, I hope you got a lot of money for that. <laughs> we got a lot of money for that, and it was just joyous. We lived next door to a, a, a lovely family who'd adopted um, a boy from, from Nigeria, Coyote. He became our best friend. We did a, a summer fair, raised £35, which we thought was an outrageous <laughs> amount of money, just doing that. And, and, and that really sparked that passion for what you could do, what, what difference you could make. So I love, I love lots of things. I love paddling in the beach. I love fish and chips. I love two-piece slot machines. I love charity shops, charity shop shopping. <laughs> I love TV. I like a nice murder programme. Um, lots of things I love. Do you know, Chris, out of all of that, I would just say absolutely. There's nothing there that you've said that has surprised me in the absolute slightest, apart from the fact that you kept quiet for all them hours. That's probably the thing that, uh, <laughs> that surprised yeah, right. me the most. <laughs> But that passion, I mean, it takes a special sort of a person, I think, to dedicate their lives the way that you have to helping other people. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could actually do that the way that you've done it. And, and the way that I like that you do it, Chris, is that you keep things really local. You are really invested in your local community. Now, you've said that you grew up in Grimsby. How did you get to Selby? What, what happened there? Well, so Grimsby determined to go to university, thinking, oh my God, I watched, I watched a film on going to university. And I thought, well, this looks amazing. Although there, there, there was a lot of it. I mean, mid eighties, you don't want to watch people wearing flares in those days, but the, I watched this film all about going to university, people laughing and joking, having cups of coffee and learning stuff. And I thought, <laughs> wow. And one of the places I adored was York. So we regularly went on school trips to York, so the Railway Museum, the Castle Museum. You know, I love a gift shop as well. So they were happy days, but a pound had to go a long way. Uh, which mm, was a bit of a problem when I wanted to get something for every grandparent and my mum and dad and me, but with a pound. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I, so I loved York and I was fascinated about people. And I'd heard there was this whole thing you could do, which was called psychology. And I thought, well, that sounds like that's, that's the thing for me. And I worked blinking hard. I'm not the cleverest cookie in England, so I had to work really, really hard with my A-levels. And it was amazing. I got the grades I needed. And I remember going back to my mum and saying, Mum, yes, I'm off to your university. You're not going to believe it. This is amazing. What do I get? 
What do you mean, what do you get? What do I get? <laughs> well, is there an album you want? I was allowed to buy the latest Five Star <laughs> album. That was what I got. All that slog. But it was worth it. I love Five Star as well in those days as well. But So I got to university, and in that first week, they had like a freshers fair for community stuff. And I thought, well, that's where I want to be. And I remember going round and I got to be involved with a chap who was wanting to set up a, a talking magazine for the visually impaired. And so my first real bit of volunteering was getting involved with that. And that was a joy. We, I actually got to write a soap opera with a friend and we used to, to record that. I got to interview celebrities. I got to meet uh, Booksfizz and do an interview with them where I was beyond excited. I met Petula wow. Clark, I did an interview with her. I met uh, the, the presenter, Jeffrey from Rainbow and got to interview wow. him. And we got to do, like we'd go and visit different places and look at the access issues for visually impaired people. But we'd take visually impaired people with us, which was an absolute joy. Dangerous for them, enjoyable for us. All these students mm -hmm. just taking visually impaired, but yeah, sure, my boss will take them out today. But it was joyous. And that then led to me getting involved more with the organisation behind it, the Students' Union, that coordinated these projects. So I got involved there and ended up coordinating different events. So one of the events I ran was I became Bruce Forsyth and we did a generation game, but each game was involved with another project to raise awareness and get students involved. And I stood for the election because they had a sabbatical officer where you got paid for a year to do the role. And I went in jointly with, with um, a, a woman called Liz and we won the election, which meant I got to A, be a student for another year, but get paid. And during that time, we were running approximately 30 projects, 400 students involved. But during that, one of the things that had hit me hard in 1984 was a, an item on the telly about the impact of HIV and AIDS on people and the prejudice and the volume of the amount of death. And I remember watching it thinking, this is absolutely appalling. I, oh my God, I was, this is just, oh my God, the hatred, the fear, the scaredness. And, and as a teenager as well, that we're all just gonna die. All these tombstones falling everywhere. I thought, I want to do something. So as a sabbatical officer, getting involved with all the volunteers, I found that there was a local charity that supported people who were HIV positive, but also was a community awareness stuff. And I got trained up. There I am. I've got a megaphone. I've got a banana and I've got condoms. <laughs> and I'm going around the student, um, each student college with my megaphone, stopping people in the middle of their lunch just to do a condom demonstration is how I started. Oh, wow. And so... That led me into my first job interview for this charity that I'd been supporting, working with HIV, and I was fortunate enough to get the job. Wow. And at last, Fiona, you're thinking, where the chuff does Selby come in? Well, we're about to get there now, which is very exciting. Can I just so, ask you before that, have you, you just have you just watched that programme um, that was on about the 80s HIV? Yes. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. And so, of course, I, I, it's a sin. Obviously, after the Petra Boys, number it's one a single, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, yes, seven actually. Yes, uh, brilliant. But 
I went for this job interview and I went with a portfolio of all the different things I'd done, all the volunteering stuff. And I got the job. I couldn't believe it. And they said, why are we so impressed, Chris? Because actually you're 21, but what you've done and the portfolio and the enthusiasm, you've blown it out of the water. And if we're honest, we weren't really sure that you'd be the one to get it. And that job was to be a sexual health worker in Salvay. Ah, right. So to go out there and get people talking about sex in Salvay. And this is 1992. Wow, Boy, was that's that a, a job and a half. Yeah. And I got into all sorts of bother. Like, I bet. I'm sorry, you, you can't put up a... a a condom demonstration of different condoms <laughs> hanging from your window. It's offence-causing offence. And I thought I'd done it lovely. I've got different coloured packages. Not the condoms themselves, but, you know, in the little packets, all hanging yeah. on string. I'd spent a whole day doing that. And then I was told by the centre manager, that's going to have to come down. I had somebody else I met who went, uh, I have to tell you, I don't know what you think you're doing, but there is no drugs, funny business of any description going on in Selby District. I don't know why you're here. I don't understand. Mm. It was a real challenge because I've got quite a positive. Mm. I'm a great believer that we've got to talk about the issues that matter. We've got to talk about the problems that yeah. people face and encourage people to feel liberated to discuss them and get the support. So I spent a number so That was just a year-funded post. So I got to do a, a number of events and stuff. And as peers with so much stuff, the funding was short term, but I carried on on my journey around sexual health. That then moved forward into numerous years, uh, being a manager of different advice organisations, continuing doing training sessions and building up that work. And then an opportunity came up for, to be on a list of, of, of consultants who could come in to do one-off pieces of work that there was a budget for. And the chief officer at the time, Jill Cashmore, she remembered me from my sexual health days in 1992. And this is now fast forwarded to 2009. And she invited me in to help set up a consortium wow. proposal. There's just six days work, Chris, but I just thought it'd be lovely to catch up with you. I remember you gadding about in your dungarees, talking about sex, wherever you could. <laughs> in trouble um, and I thought I'd love to see what that man's like at the moment and uh, those six days led to well I've never left AVS since 2009 it just led yeah. to one project to another to another and I've been ever since what do I love about Selby District I love it because it reminds me of Grimsby it's the people uh, a spade's a spade yeah. people tell you it like it is I love the, yeah. that open-heartedness I love the energy of sod it. We can't be waiting. We're just going to do it ourselves now. Or mm. gosh, there's a real issue. Well, let's do something. And I'm all for that. You know, let's put, yeah. put a show on the road. It's like a yeah. Judy Garland musical. Well, we'll do the show right here, right now. Come on. <laughs> and, and I love that <laughs> attitude in Salby. That there is a too often it's mm. not a place. I think Salby District is joyous. I have loved spending my time working here and seeing that vibrant community sector and the amount of people doing such amazing work. And it's just very humbling to be part of it. I'm just a networker. I network people, I introduce people. I try and enable mm. people to achieve what their aspirations are. 
So if it's, if it's a woman knocking on the door, having a chat, say, I just, I just love energy, Chris. I know that's a bit weird. Whoa, we now have the Yorkshire Energy Doctor. Or uh, I'm somebody with a stoma. Oh, we now have Second Chance Ostomy Yorkshire. And I'm very, very happy. Like when I met you, Fiona, just say, I'll open doors. For you. I, I'm, I'll happily introduce you. Who do you need to know? Where do you need to be? How can I make mm. you do your magic? So I, I very much, I'm humbled by what you say, but I'm really just somebody who's full of the joys of life. Life is such a precious gift. And some people mm. have some real challenges in their lives. And I just want them to try and have some of that joy that I've experienced in my life and, and, mm. and, and bring that magic and enable people to achieve or be able to address the very issues that they're facing. I mean, you've said, you've said, everything that I needed to hear from you about that, Chris. And you've you've shone a light on really how I think every district should operate and kind of every district should have a Chris sat in the centre of it because, you know, I know that you say, you know, that you don't do uh, anything other than sort of network and enable people, but you don't really. You do a million times more than that. You give people the confidence to be able to... Um, to be able to believe that what they're doing is necessary and and other people are going to be interested in it. So, I mean, for example, myself, dementia is always one of those kind of stigmas where when you go into places, sometimes people don't actually really want to talk about it. And you, I do get uh, into places where some people, a little bit like you with, um, you know, your, your AIDS back in the 1980s of kind yes. of like we just don't actually really have that issue here I've had a lot of that where people say we just don't have people with dementia coming in here so we don't really need you to kind of introduce it to us because we'd rather keep it away you know and I think you do you do that in a very positive way you know you don't kind of like um shout and and grab people and say you must do that you you're a very big enabler do you know what i'm going to do chris and you're probably not going to like this but i'm going to just because i looked at your linkedin page just before mm. i came on here so i'm just going to read some of the stuff that you do so as well as being the chief officer of selby district abs you are also the trustee for the selby hands of hope and people can google this if they want this and contact you if they want to know more about it you're also the director of make and happen you also run a lot of training courses um, and I've been on some of your courses and I'm, I'm, I'm actually on another course that you're just about to run in the I next know, you're couple on of my weeks. Register. I know how great your courses are, Chris. You really, I am there and keep me up to date with all the stuff that you're doing because it's really touchy-feely stuff that you talk about. It's stuff that is grassroots and I think grassroots stuff, that's where I come from as well. I want grassroots stuff. I want the things that people need to know uh you know the the everyday stuff that sometimes people don't want to talk about or can't talk about because they think oh I should know that already and actually we probably don't you are also the chair of the Selby district um equality network another absolutely great group of people massively vibrant group of people you've got there now that's the biggest group I think I've ever been to um that, that somebody has actually set up and, and chaired you just encourage people to come along and join groups knowing that you're not just going to sit there for two hours and sort of think what was all that about I always come out of the meetings that you chair and I, and there's always actions there's always positive it's always forward moving there's always stuff going to happen you believe that things are going to change when you're involved 
Chris. That's the way that I feel about it. And I'm sure loads of other people do. That's why they keep coming back. You are the um, chair of the York and Selby Independent Advisory Group for North Yorkshire Police. Um, you are chair of the Selby District Anti-Poverty Partnership. You just do so much in your local community. That's just a little bit of stuff. And I know that there's other stuff there on LinkedIn. Check out Chris's LinkedIn site and connect with him if you like after this, because um, if I'll you are you in. in any way in the in. York and Selby District area, yeah, you you really need to get to know Chris because um, if you're having difficulties kind of connecting and networking with people who you think mm, I really need to know who the best person is to talk to about this, sometimes you you opened a lot of doors for me, Chris. And do you know what? Like on top of like your really big workload, when we were struggling to get somebody to actually chair the what was the Selby uh, Dementia uh, Alliance, the Selby District Dementia Alliance Group, whatever it's called. Uh, you stepped up to the plate. I sort of said, oh, nobody wants to chair this group. Um, and we were kind of like, mm, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I said, do you know what? I'm going to ask Chris. <laughs> and I don't know why, I, even though, like, I knew that you were sort of really topped up with work, I sort of still had a feeling that you might say yes, and you just did. Um, just tell us why you wanted to take on that role as chair of the Selby Dementia Action, which we then have changed to be a group that we actually own? I think, number one, anybody who wants me, I really love it. If somebody asks me to do something, <laughs> oh, do you know what, flattery, oh, it's just so kind to have thought we'd love you to chair it. I spent too many years at boring meetings. I can't stand boring meetings. I can't stand meetings that are pointless. I can't stand meetings where it's a load of waff and you're thinking, they've just said the DG gave me what... <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and where there isn't that ability of, well, are we going to do something? Are we just having a chat? I can't bear meetings. Yeah. Where it's just like, what's the time? We haven't got the time for it. And there are too many mm. people in my head that I support and clients and people I've met over the years who are like, I've got a terminal illness. I've got a lifetime condition. That's my child you're talking about. We've, we owe it to so mm. many people to be, if we're in these positions, to actually do and believe everything we say and to make those meetings vibrant. If a meeting isn't mm. vibrant and enjoyable, then those people should step down and let somebody else in to do that. And mm. I love chair meetings because I, I know it'll finish on time. I know it'll be relevant. I know it'll be <laughs> inclusive and that new mm -hmm. people will always be welcome. And it also means we can achieve stuff. We can orchestrate things to happen to really make a difference to people's lives. So that's number mm. one. Number two is um, I will always be the champion and passionate about areas where people feel uncomfortable about talking about it. So if there's an issue where I can maybe just bring some humor where there's a real challenge and there's a lot of upset, then I will do that. And thirdly, is and, 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 and one of the, the most important things is my mum has dementia. So my, my mum uh, was diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's um, about two and a half years ago, but not without me first thinking things were wrong a long time before that. And in agreement with my dad, which is pretty much the story of my life being in agreement with my dad. I'm like <laughs> money dad of dad. Um, <laughs> but actually thinking something was wrong there. And knowing those journeys that people are going on and also know, I mean, I, I speak today, my mum's been in hospital this weekend with, with her dementia. 
getting worse and it looks like there's Parkinson's in there as well now and seeing the impact that makes on my dad who absolutely adores this woman absolutely worships her and they have been a scary tour de force since the mid 60s and to see that love and to see especially during covid as well when we've had more chats than we've ever had because we've had regular zoom ins and, and at the peak it was a daily um whatsapp or zoom to see my mum disappear and change in a way that she doesn't remember anything now in terms of the short-term memory and even the long-term is struggling and to see my dad being such a gentleman and still adorable, but he has done everything that I would encourage anybody to do when you're hit with something like that. He said, the first thing we're gonna do, Chris, always with my mum in the conversation so she's always been included so whenever we're talking dementia she's there and in the early stages didn't really like us for it especially me and my dad getting together because we're the same we're like well we're going to talk about this um the lovely thing is is with my mum is still in those conversations she's still included but that actually my dad made that decision from the off i'm going to tell everybody and we're not going to hide it. Mm-hmm. And I want us to be really transparent yeah. and clear about it. And I want to tell everybody. And they did that in their own way with different family members and friends. Yeah. And they have continued to do that. And they have continued to ask support and seek advice and bring in other people. They came to one of your presentations, well, I think two of your presentations, which my dad found really helpful helped my mum to address that sheer fear and denial she was struggling with to actually come to terms with that mm-hmm. and could see that actually there's nothing wrong in discussing it mm-hmm. to them pulling in all the right yeah. people and opening up and even when my dad's been in tears sometimes but feeling able to be in tears with me with my mum at the side going oh it's all getting a bit and I'm going but it's really important that we just share what what we're feeling here. So the mum that I've alluded to a bit at the start, who's been my comedy value person to refer to in so much training, because she's an interesting cookie, um, who's brought so much joy and enabled me to do what I've wanted to do. To see that is one of the most devastating things to say, because my parents have made enabled me to do the and be the person that I, I, I wish to be. And am I rock, really, mm-hmm. and the people that, if they're all right with it, I know I'm going to be all right. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. So to have my dad in the crisis that emerged at the weekend, it just means I really feel for that. And even if it's not an issue that I haven't personally experienced, but to have that empathy to just try and, and spend and, and listen of understanding what it's like for that person, it means that I just want to do more. And, and it's like in the dementia um, action group and the work that we've been doing and the work that your amazing team have been doing, Fiona, and all the other partners there and the people living with dementia, I've wanted to share that because it, mm. it, it's really helped my mum and dad to feel that just by that and that openness and my involvement and interest has just helped in so many ways. But it is a cruel, cruel thing 
as so many different long-term conditions are, but actually throughout it all, the amount of humour we've had with it and the amount of joy, but an inclusive humour, which means my mum's been able to laugh with it and for us just to go wherever she's going. One of the gifts is I never knew that our grandmother ran a boarding house and yet there was this one moment last year where she went, I didn't stop her, carry on. And she took me on a whole journey of one aspect of her childhood that I'd never heard about in such detail and richness and joy about people that I never met. But to hear that was a gift in itself. And the other gift is, yeah, I want people to take this in the right way, but I think I'm allowed to discuss it because it's my mum, but she's gone a bit quieter. And sometimes me and my dad like to finish a story. <laughs> and just by that, actually throughout COVID, she's finally grasped what I do for a living. She's finally listened. So my brother helps <laughs> to sell caravans. She's got that because my dad worked in the caravan industry for most of his life. So she's always got that. With me, it's like, oh, Chris does stuff. He's like the other son. And uh, hello. So actually, <laughs> that in itself has meant, because she's lost some of her confidence in talking, which is sad on one way, in another way, we've been able to say, well, mum, you actually know what I do now. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is great day for me. Maybe not so good for you, but thank you. I've been able to be like, oh, Chris, can we just have it a bit quicker? Because, I mean, you've got so many jobs and volunteering, but can you just get to the point? Have you had a good week at work? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> do it just in a word. But it's trying to find those chuckles, Fiona. And I, you know, I know with your dad as well, it's trying to find the it humor. Is. Because humour in the darkest times, you've got to find that chuckle. Mm. Because otherwise we'd be overwhelmed and I'd be in floods of tears. Mm. And I, I want to celebrate my mum. Absolutely. Who is still here. Yeah. And my mum. And one of the magic bits, yeah. Fiona, that you gifted our family was to just gift that understanding. And, and the descriptive mm. way that has so enabled my family to still talk about you with such positivity, because we have gone on that journey with my mum, and we are with her on that journey, yeah. not denying her. My dad has never won. Can you not remember? None of that. None of that. You've asked me now for the fair mm. of his moments. You know, I mean, as he said, he's not a saint. He's just Tony. But he has gone on that journey with my mum which means she knows always that she's in a lovely environment with our family and she feels the love. Yeah. She's relaxed and calm and feels safe. But my dad knowing yeah, important. knowing that's there is so important that we are still every day making that connection, however limited that may be over time. Mm. It's been beautiful, Fiona, and, and it's made a real difference to my family and, 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 and my mum. That, Brilliant. That, you know, that is just so lovely to hear because, you know, at Dementia Forward, that is our, our big ethos. Our ethos is that you, you can live well with dementia. So you have, like, your diagnosis, and a lot of people immediately from diagnosis that's it, it's all downhill. Now, it is a progressive disease, so we do know that it always gets worse. Yes. But it's changed. And what we have 
have to do is look for the positives the way that you've done in your family. And you can do that by talking about it. A lot of families don't want to talk about it. And I do a little section of my presentation where I show what happens to the brain. And it's it's a typical thing. And, and we do it because it's human nature, I think, that we always want the, the healthy brain back. And people yes. go into quite a bit of denial about the brain is changing and it's deteriorating. And it's never going to be right ever again. And yeah, you're right about the dementia journey. You tracking somebody on their dementia journey means that, that you have those moments that you've had with your mom where she told you a story that you'd never heard before. And that's because that's the long-term memory bit, which is yeah. now being activated. Yet so many people become fixated on the short-term memory. They just fixated on it and they just really want you to remember and to remember. And if you strip all that away and you go with what the person does have, you can have those moments, Chris. You can have those lovely moments, can't you? And you feel really connected. I mean, my mum has some joyous moments and humour, which is absolutely lovely. And, of course, it's so sad when you sit. I mean, I sometimes now think, when was the last time, when was that last conversation that I... And I can't pinpoint when it was, but I won't have that again. But... but and there is, so there is a sadness there... But actually, if you're still with the person, I look at the woman who is still my mum and the woman who has filled my life with so many comedy moments that it, and the joy of with my mum. She doesn't realise she's doing these comedy moments. She hasn't got a clue, but they are joyous. And that they're still there and I can still engage with those moments and still engage with, with, with that. And that, like my dad said, and I thought he said a beautiful thing the other day where he said... The short-term memory's gone, but I'm not bothered about that. I just want your mum to feel she's loved and safe and is kind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's absolutely it lovely. It was described how are you dealing with stairs at the moment? And we are addressing stairs. There's a full yeah. discussion now about stairs. But he said, I said, how have you been doing it, Dad? He said, well, we've been doing it as the, 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 the one-step shuffle. The only problem with that is your mum's quite determined, but you're never quite sure when, that she wants to do the two-step shuffle, which has been a little <laughs> bit precarious. And I just thought just that in itself demonstrated the love he has. Absolutely. And, and that is absolutely amazing and, and full credit to them. Yeah. That, that what they've brought yeah. is what they've had with each other. It's had a ripple effect to so many people. Mm which I will carry on mm. through the rest of my life, discussing and sharing. Mm. And, and I think the important thing mm. to remember is sometimes loved people, whether they're with us now still or not, they carry on living as we keep talking about them. They keep Absolutely. living and giving joy to others and making an impact yeah. for so long. I'm a big believer in that, yeah. Because, oh, you wow. know... Love is like energy, isn't it? So it doesn't just, you know, when somebody who you love dies, it doesn't just go away. It's kind of still there. So there's an energy about I mean, love, my isn't morals there? are from and my lovely grandma, Brant, and she's with me all the time. I'm regularly talking about her. And, and she would say, me, I, I'm nothing. She was my everything. She was a phenomenal woman. And I still talk because she just had some really lovely things. Never used the word hate. So I'm still, I was chastising someone the other day. You can, you can dislike intensely, but we're not going to use the word hate. My grandma really didn't like that word, so mm. I don't use it. Um, and yeah. people as you would wish to be treated and always try and look on, 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 the, on the best 
possible outcome mm. and think positive mm. and become lovely little things that and you know they're not amazing like groundbreaking pearls of wisdom but actually the things that have guided me in my life and and, and things that yeah that makes me put a smile on my face because she was an amazing woman just an amazing woman and do you know what chris like the way that you talk about your dad and your family supporting your mum, yeah you that you're supporting your mum, but you're also supporting each other aren't you because yes. you know living with dementia is so difficult if you don't have the understanding of what you're dealing with and then you're not all kind of in it together so we've seen families who have kind of all fallen apart because you know one sister wants to do one thing and the brother wants to do another and, and there's the whole issue about you know mom really needs to start remembering and otherwise she's yeah or you know, why is it this right thing Fiona that you must remember what you had for your lunch who cares yes. did they eat it were they enjoying it at the time yes hurrah Let's not get yes. obsessed with things like that. The thing Absolutely. is, is, are we happy? And my mum, yes. like my dad yeah. said to her and when she was in hospital, did you sleep all right last night? Do you know what, Tony? I don't know. But I have a feeling I must have done because I feel all right. So I'm, yeah. I'll have to go with that. And, yeah. and it's like, that's yeah. quite good enough for me, Kate. And, yeah. And I just know with my dad... Um, because obviously I'm, I'm in a bit of a similar situation yes. to you because my dad's got Alzheimer's and so of course we're supporting my mom and my dad and I'm here with my siblings and pulling everybody together so that we're all pushing in the same direction is really important you know especially with the grandkids and stuff as well we've had to say to the grandkids forget about the fact that granddad can't remember things from one minute to the next and my dad is starting to forget um, forget who people are so he will call my uh, um, his brother and so it's kind of like forgetting that that's his son. And yet he calls my son, my brother. So he's getting family members mixed up. Yes. And we've all kind of just had to let that go and just let me dad kind of call us whoever he wants because that's where he's at at that moment in time. And us trying to bring him back. I mean, I can, I can sense, I don't know if you can see this on your mum's face, but I sometimes can look at my dad and just see... Uh, just a face of quite confusion and that is just from him just sitting trying to make sense of where he's at in in that moment in time and then for me to kind of come into the room and say dad are you all right give us a hug give us a kiss how are you feeling um you know i've brought you tea let's go and sit up and have a coffee you know um lucy's made you uh, a piece of brownie um and then all of a sudden to see him kind of like think oh right there's somebody here who kind of is just gonna make everything safe and safety, I think, and love are just right up there at the top of the tree, don't you think? Oh, my goodness, mate. I mean, Fiona, everything that comes out of your mouth is just truth. It is so the case, isn't it? Is ultimately, I just say to my mum, well, I love you. You two are, yeah. oh, my goodness, mate. Spending time with you two is an utter pleasure. You make me feel yeah. so lovely. It's great. You, what a parent. Yeah. I mean, comedy value parents, but parents, and it's about that. <laughs> my dad is reassuring my mum every day just about how much he loves her. He's, he's just, he's done that for nice. decades. And it's absolutely mm. lovely. And, and it's those yeah. moments where you just, I remember I did something, She typically when I've been ringing throughout COVID, she'd be the one to pick up the phone. And so I just went, and she went, hello. I went, well, who are you? And, and I tried to make a joke, and then I suddenly realised I'd thrown her completely. And I thought, oh, I felt, yeah. you know, it's like, no, I can't do that. And, I, it, and I've never done it since. It was like, I just think, it's me. Yeah. 
oh hello because that's what i usually yes. say it's me uh and it's yeah. like yeah wow, who's that it's chris your eldest son and yes i just stick with that now but it's those yes. li- it's that kindness and just thinking right yeah. next south can't do that again that wasn't that wasn't ca- and it, it's yeah. not so much yeah. i'm not here to cause you can be i just need you to feel really safe that I'm, yeah and if you forget my name that will be a shocker but actually though then i think but for many years now well most of my life i've been known as martin tony chris Bush <laughs> dad's always a bit concerned that he's in the middle of that and my brother's right <laughs> at the top um so i'm thinking what's new um and it's yeah. about trying to find that human so i've always been actually martin tony chris before that shocks me um and it's trying to do that because that reassurance is vital because it's trying to empathise how scary it must be mm. to suddenly feel, I really don't know where I am. I really don't know who everybody is around me. Mm. And I'm not really sure what anybody's talking about or the context yeah. of it. Because we all talk and then people keep And people keep telling me that I should know. Not I helpful. Should know these things. Not Absolutely helpful. not. You know Margaret. Yeah. You know Margaret. <laughs> Doesn't matter how many times we say it, you know. No, she doesn't know. No. And it's that one of the lovely things you said very early on one of your talks that we listened to was just, does it matter? And I'm a great mm. one. I'm constantly going around that, does it matter? And I hear yeah. it now from my dad who goes, does it matter, Chris? And we both do the hand gesture and go, and that's helped everybody. And my mum then, yeah. sorry, Janet, does it matter? Mum? Yes. Does it yes. matter? Exactly. And that's what I mean about you coming at it collectively. You know, when one person sort of lets it go and doesn't make the big stress about it and then that has a knock on effect, the whole family are just in, in it as a team, aren't they? Do you know what I think, Chris, though? And I, and I know that I say this because I work for Dementia Forward, but we're a North Yorkshire charity, so we don't work outside of North Yorkshire because that's just the place where we have all of our funding. And, and really the stuff that we do, which is really grassroots stuff, we don't really want to dilute that as well by just big and uh, how how great is it for the people of North Yorkshire to be able to have a charity like Dementia Forward that they can link into that they can refer into who can they can come along to one of my presentations they can hear this stuff and they can take it back the way that you have done and you've made it work in your family how vital do you think that that is oh my goodness I mean we want everybody we love to have the best life possible. And none of us know what journey we're going to go on. But I always know that everybody deserves to have the best life they can. And I think services like Dementia Forward are just phenomenal in both giving that educational aspect as well as that support at the same time. Because you've got a lot of things to do at the same time. Every talk, you're potentially talking to somebody who's experiencing it, somebody who knows nothing about it, and somebody who's got some really not very pleasant attitudes about it. Or like you say, doesn't happen here. And I think the key thing is, it needs that personal touch. It needs that consistency and approach to help the messages get through. And the challenge is, we don't know who needs to hear that message when? We just know we've got to be saying it consistently all the time. And that's why I am 
very, very consistent in, in wanting to do If I'm doing something, I'm going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. You've got me for as long as you need me to be in your life to offer you what is needed. And I know that you and your phenomenal team are essential lifesavers for people who are struggling, who are bereft, who are seeing the person they cherish the most. It's like, but nobody else apart from me and my brother, she's our mum, but it's only to us two, but she's been our world for years. She's been, my goodness me, the comedy value, the care, the challenge, the um, bizarre things we've got up to, the laughs where we've been unable to breathe. We can't breathe anymore. We're laughing so much. Um, the person we've been a little bit cheeky with, a little bit naughty with, a little bit mm, when I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> for that, there's not a price on how much we want somebody to be able to go through something like dementia with dignity and feeling as safe as they can. So that, because that level of scaredness is awful. And when I see my mum looking scared and unsure, the one thing we want is I just think, thank goodness we've got the tools that we've been given by yourself, Fiona. I know there's other people in your team, but, but for, it's been your link for, for me and my family. But it's, it's been a life changer because it's given me some peace and given me some tools as to how to be the kindest son I can be to my mum as possible and has enabled me to give that support to my dad as well as the carer to make sure as well that when he starts regurgitating stuff, which is what has come from you and has come from other amazing support organisations being in touch with, which is Chris, but I also need to look after me, don't I? Oh my God, dad, you are just amazing. I've said, we need to put you on tour. You are the carer of phenomenalness. <laughs> absolutely because he goes yeah. I've needed to leave the hospital tonight your mum was distraught at it which was upsetting to hear but he said I needed to go home and get some sleep so I'll be kind tomorrow for your mum and I went dad that is absolutely and it was the hardest thing and the things she was saying were, were devastating to hear but I needed to do that mm. and he was so right and he said and everybody's told me I'm right because you are dad and it's absolutely right and i said i'm just loving you for that because mum will benefit from it she will not benefit because my dad without food and without sleep is not yeah. very pleasant it, yeah none of us are are we right. really no uh, me especially um <laughs> it's like that in itself is a joy as well so it's not just about how we care for the person but how we care for the carer but actually, my dad absorbed all your words to actually embody that and, and, and live by that because he knows that if he's not good, he's going to be no good to my mum. And that's been a brilliant thing that he's taken on. How can we put a price on that? Mm. The impact of that is phenomenal on our quality of life, enables yeah. me to continue functioning every day because life continues. Mm. and it needs to continue but you've also given my dad a real sense of realism as well about it and I think that realism helps as well so mm. that that what they've done you know and connecting them up with a drugs trial opportunity they engaged with that as well and they engaged with that because like my mum said and I congratulate them both I said you've made an impact 
for future knowledge and for future generations. And the hardest thing to hear is my dad saying, with my mum that is it won't help your mum. But yeah. we know together it, we're helping other people. My yeah. goodness, yeah. mate, you are just amazing people. That is, yeah. wow. That is, yeah. whoa, that is what a gift that you've been able to give to something that won't save you, but may really save others in the future. And, and I'm you know, always a believer in all of that. Yeah, and I am as well. And, you know, sometimes you have to give yourself permission to be kind to yourself as well. I think a lot of the times when we're caring for somebody, it kind of becomes so all-consuming that we just do it at the risk of losing ourselves amongst it all. And, you know, I know that our support advisors, we throw as much energy into the family and the carer we do the person living with dementia because we understand that you can't well you can't pick up you have to you have to get yourself slept and, and eat and drink and you have to have time away as well don't yet but Absolutely. sometimes you have to give yourself permission to be able to do that because walking out of the hospital when your mom's not in a great place and saying I can't deal with it right now I'll never forgive myself if I kind of react in a way that I never really wanted to I've got to go away top myself up and come back when I'm in a better frame of mind that just benefits everybody and you have to have a clear head to be able to see that because sometimes you don't have that clear head I'd like to think that that's where we step in we allow people to just pull themselves back a little bit and to understand what's going on it's not personal if your mum's saying things that are not pleasant to hear it's not personal. Your mom has a brain disease that is changing her personality. And you have to really kind of get to grips with that, don't you? As and a the emotion as a was we, in that moment, sheer terror and fear and confusion. Absolutely. Wow, you'd be doing everything you could to have the one person that really makes you feel safe who's about to leave you in a place you don't really understand or why you're here. Wow. And yet the next day, calm, yeah, loveliness, absolutely. which is no. absolutely great, which just reinforces did the right. But he left her in a slightly cabbage, didn't want him to leave, but yeah. he managed it. The nursing staff, phenomenal, which is so good. The kindness throughout really gets my dad emotional. I mean, he's a very emotional man. I mean, he, he loves movies 24, he'll drop you know, first tears drop of a hat, but we both love movies 24 anyway. Not that this is a personal <laughs> effort for it. We love a happy ending. And of course, the hard thing my dad to do isn't a happy ending. It's so sad, no. but it's trying to no. find the chuckle and the yeah. joy and just feel that as long as this woman knows how loved she is, yes. what joy she brings, that's, yes. the, that, that's at the top of everything. And we yes. will be on that journey with her regardless of where it takes us and regardless of what yeah. we'll get over ourselves on it but we will follow that journey through to the very very end and I think that's the most important thing with that it is the most important thing and you know you're a, you're an inspiration as a person I think Chris but the fact that you've been able to kind of bring your family into the way that you live your life and you've kind of given your family that inspiration and that um enablement if you like to actually face this disease head on bring your mom into it and then to work as a family to resolve it and not in a way resolve the dementia but to take away 
all that you can, all the all the awful bits that you can, and to just be left with the good bits because you're right, it's a it's a journey. And we want that journey to be as best as we possibly can. We know that at the end of that journey, it's not a great outcome. Yeah. But at the end of the journey, what you don't want to be left with is bad memories and guilt because you just know that things just didn't go right. And you probably, or you think that you should have done better. Not everybody's going to do great things all of the time because none of us are expert in mental health we're not an expert in dementia we've just known a few little tricks of the trade to be able to just you know reset we move on to the next bit okay everything's changed the best thing i can give my dad is knowing that when we get to where we're gonna we know where we're heading is that he'll be able to reflect back and i'll be able to say to him as well you were phenomenal you, yes. you were the best husband you could be to anybody yes. and wasn't she yes. lucky as you were lucky as well to have found each other and shared that Absolutely. journey with such dignity love tenderness respect absolutely wow. absolutely wow and if anything in, in all of that if it just gives us that bit of peace that we did the very best we could and included yeah. my mum in everything to as much as she wished yeah yeah wow absolutely and I'll still be wow. talking about it for decades to come hopefully you know just what an amazing and, and that's how and that's how it should be it absolutely. should be because that's what we've said about the love the energy just doesn't die the love still carries on and that's what we need to do and we need to talk about the people who we love and who might have died a horrible death but we need to talk about them with the love and the energy that they brought into our lives when they were here um and that's that's when you kind of know that, okay, it, well, it never went the way that we planned. Actually lived and loved and supported and made sure that they were reassured. Um, and we did the very best that we could with, with our loved ones. That is how we want people to be supported through their dementia journey. That's how Dementia Forward support families. So I'm so pleased, Chris, that one, I'm so pleased that I met you initially and and two i'm so pleased that you sat on the uh, the selby district uh, dementia action group because that means that i get to see you even more um and and three i'm just so pleased that you are um the person who who can give me that feedback um that really intimate feedback from how how our involvement within a family can actually make a difference because a lot of the times we kind of in and out and in and out and we don't actually get the real full on uh, feedback that, you, that you've just given us there. So that that's really important to us as well to know that what we're doing is making a difference. And so difference. important to my family that they're doing something really positive. So even doing this podcast is just something to, to, to say to people, you can really make such an impact and, and your organisation is doing such wonderful work that it's enabling me to, to, to carry on through what is a really, really upsetting time. But I'm able to do it still with a smile and that warmth and love for my mum, my dad, my family, and, and, and knowing that actually that is why our partnership work that we do is so important across Selby District, because I want, and we need everyone to have that, to have that opportunity to access your amazing services to just grab what they are doing 
and your level of inspiration is because I know, and we're on the same page, the pain that it puts us through at times, it's really tough. And it's really quite devastating, isn't it? But and I'm mm, getting upset now because it's just mm. it's really hard. But actually, it it's been it's been it's just a, a real gift, Fiona, uh, and what you do. And it, it's such a cruel, cruel disease. But you know, it it it's just lovely that you've been able to help me to be the best son I can be to my parents because I, I that's I'd do anything to do the very best I can. Of course, you would. Of course, and, and, and it's a complete pleasure to work with you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Chris, it's just been so lovely. I thank you for being so open. I mean, I, I knew that you would be open anyhow because there's there's no side of you at all. You 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 get what you see when you talk to Chris Haley yeah. Norris. So, thank you so much for this podcast today. Um, we will be in touch because we we just will be. We've got a lot of work to do, haven't we? So we've got blo- we're going to still loads. be I pushing. I <laughs> apologise, everybody. We've got blooming loads, my lovely. Blooming loads to do. There's a lot to do, but do you know what? We will continue to there do is. with positivity, with a smile on our face, but with determination mm. throughout because Absolutely. we need to keep these services accessible to everybody who needs them when they need them and it Absolutely. is blooming disgust if people don't get what they need when they need it and they should you're right you're right with that, you're totally we're going to make right. sure me yes. and you together oh, i feel a song coming on absolutely <laughs> thank you fiona thank you chris so if you would like to speak to one of our dementia forward colleagues you can always call us on or double three double law 578-592 and remember you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to find out who I will be speaking to next on DF Voices. Thank you to my guest today, Chris Haley Norris complete inspiration, great guy, the force to be reckoned with in the Selby district. Thank you so much Chris for everything that you've spoken about Pleasure today, really Thank appreciate you. it speak Thank to you again soon. Cheers bye. Thank you, bye bye If you need our support, please call the Dementia Forward Helpline on 03300 578 592. Care and support for life.